everyone. I'm David Pierce. This is a brand new channel that I'm doing on YouTube, Facebook, and also doing it on podcasting. Um, so look for a podcast near you. Uh, since this is my first episode, please give that a little bit of time to upload. To explain a little bit to you as to what I am doing with this, I am calling this channel In The Pursuit, and it is for special reasons, and I'm coming to you. Originally, I was thinking I was going to do this just for business purposes alone, and I was going to share my experience with you, teach you how to succeed online with website design, development, online marketing there, how to really get ahead in online marketing. Something that uh, agencies uh, tend to do themselves, but... I want to be able to give that power to you. Eventually, I will go ahead and talk to that. The first thing I'm going to be talking about is actually an experience that I had. And that that's with a car accident, and it really changed my life. I experienced an injury that I never thought that I would ever expect it. I mean, I thought that I would get a broken arm, broken leg. Uh, There's even days where I felt invincible. And this car accident, I walked away from, but the next day, that night, the next day, and the day after, symptoms was progressing. Things were getting worse. And it deals with uh, traumatic brain injury. I want to be able to share that story with you. Um, Traumatic brain injury, or TBI, is not something easy to deal with. And And... some doctors will even ca- call this in the long, in the long term, uh, post-concussive syndrome, but it really is damage to the brain, scarring. Things have happened. Life's changed. I want to be able to share you my story of recovery, because there is not, there is some information out there, but in my opinion, from what I have been able to find. There's not enough information out there. In fact, when I first got my injury, I jumped from doctor to doctor looking for solutions to get my life back to normal. And the majority of the time, these doctors would just say, sleep it off. Walk yourself up in a dark room. Don't do anything. Do that for three days. You tell me how many people can do that. But then yet, if the symptoms kept on occurring after the three days, I went back to the doctors and they would just tell me, well, give it three weeks, lock yourself up in a dark room, sleep, rest as much as you can. Do not look anything. Do not do anything. You're out of commission. And then everything will be back to normal. What what kind of injury is this there that causes you to put your life on hold? And... My experiences with these doctors is just the same repetitive answers. It's like, can you heal? Can you recover from this? And the last doctor that I found that actually really cared and went beyond to just saying, close your eyes and rest. He literally said, yeah, you have post-concussive syndrome. Your brain injury uh, can keep you back from doing these things. Um, and he started giving me and my wife some comfort, but I'm, I'm winging it. You guys, I'm winging it. Uh, 
And I didn't want to really jump into that story too deep just yet. Let me tell you who I am, and then I'm going to go back to that story. And after that story, we're going to go down a path together of recovery. And I do have a game plan on this one. I just have to get this first episode out there. And helping me stay cool, relax, because I don't have experience in really being in front of people. This is new. Uh, I did radio years ago, and I was just fine. It was a little nervous for me to do radio. And in fact, I might be comfortable with just podcasts. But I'm coming to you, not just podcasts, but also on camera. I'm David Pearson. 20 years ago, about actually, no, 22, 23 years ago, I could go back and count. A middle school teacher, she was my sixth grade teacher at first. And then in middle school, later on there, when I got into the eighth grade and the ninth grade, she got to be my teacher again. So I went from grade school to middle school. She encouraged me to learn website development, HTML, before this PHP crap was ever made or the CSS stuff. If you're a coder, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. There used to be very simplified language alone to make the web happen. Now it's this whole complex world. And so she encouraged me at a young age, my teenage years to learn it. And I did. And I practiced it. I had fun with it. And later on, I made it into a job, but I also left it. And I went to school for advertising and public relations. But in the midst of going back to school for advertising and public relations, it brought my love for online design and development back. And the things I was learning in college, things I was learning at the university, things that I have learned throughout the years on doing internships and making career moves and moving from state to state, West Coast to East Coast, working in various jobs, everything chimed together. And it was one big, beautiful mess that I was actually able to collaborate. It motivated me to start my own company called Creative Jolt. Who is today's sponsor? But I'll go ahead and talk about that later. Um, And sponsor because, hey, it's my business. I started Creative Jolt five years. I started Creative Jolt. Say that again. (laughs) Five years ago. And... I did it out of motivation to start getting to work myself. And I partnered up with a bathroom manufacturing company. From there, we worked together and developed a fabulous online lead generation system. Well, in the midst of my working with them, after a couple of years, I got into that accident. Changed my life. It made work hard. You know, the kind of symptoms that someone... Maybe you don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't know. When I had this injury, I learned that people don't really understand what people with post-concussive syndrome or traumatic brain injury is going through. They don't. And they, when they see the person on the outside, Most of the reactions that I've had is that you look just fine. You're acting just fine. Everything's just fine. Most of the doctors I went to said that you're just fine. I even had a CAT scan 
when I went to the ER, when I started experiencing severe symptoms of concussion, of a concussion, not knowing what I was experiencing. And they said, your brain is just fine. Lo and behold, I learned later on that CAT scans don't really show anything when it comes to concussions. They can show what a normal brain looks like. The symptoms that I've experienced is the first one, and I didn't even put it into relation to this, but the first doctor I saw on the night of the accident, because I was experiencing some hip pain and some joint pain as a result of it. And I was thinking, it's like, okay, so I'm just going to have some pain in my leg. He did some concussion test on me and he didn't do much. He just had me touch the fingers, close my eyes, touch my fingers, but I wasn't really doing that. I was missing the mark a lot. And then he had me stand on one leg and check my balance. He did those minor checks and then he gave me a prescription and he gave me a prescription that would help me with nausea. And he says, you most likely you're going to experience nausea. He didn't tell me what he found, but he said, you're going to experience nausea. Give yourself some rest. In a few days, you're probably going to experience a lot of pain. That's all he told me. I went out there happy as a lark, like perfect. Walked on out. I went over to CVS pharmacy and I was walking in the door. I didn't realize that something was off. I started falling over, swaying left and right. And at one time, I put my hand up on the shelf. I was with my father-in-law to help me regain my balance. <laughs> I blown away. I'm like, okay, I'm a little off. I just need some rest and I'll probably be fine. When the pharmacist came out with the drug, I had to sign the electronic card. I'm like, great. I'll do that. Put my signature on it. And usually I can sign it just fine. My name, bada bing, bada boom, done. But this time I put my pin to it and I went to go sign my name and I was just drawing a circle and I couldn't stop it. Like, what the heck is going on? I shook my hand and I went back to go sign it and it was a circle again. And I was flexing my muscles in my arm. What is wrong with me? So I put it down and I just said, that's the best you're going to get out of me right now. I can't sign it really. I was in an auto accident just now. And so the lady gave me the prescription medication and I went home. My son was sleeping on the couch when I got home and I, Decided to stay downstairs a little bit to keep an eye on him. He was still very young and I wanted to make sure he was going to be all right. So I told myself I was going to fall asleep on the chair. I couldn't sleep that night. It was difficult. It was hard. I couldn't understand why. And after hours of trying to sleep, I popped open my computer. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm, I am going to distract myself. I opened up a game and with that, I tried to play, well, it doesn't matter what game I was playing. I tried to play a game and I couldn't play a game. And I played this game before. It wasn't too often that I play, but when I would do, I usually can sit there for a good hour or two. I couldn't touch it. It 
after five minutes, I had to close the monitor. I wasn't in pain. It's just that something was off. I did not feel comfortable doing that. So I couldn't be distracted. I couldn't feel comfortable. Next day, I, after I was actually able to fall asleep, I only got a good couple of hours of sleep. I didn't really sleep the whole night. I got up and my wife, she, she looks at me, but I'm just walking around like normal. I thought I was talking like normal and my sister-in-law came over to visit. And when she came over to visit, I kept on hearing a baby cry and I thought it was my other son. And I looked at my wife. And I said, is Nick crying? She said, no, he's asleep. Like, okay. I'm sitting there for a little bit and then I'm hearing another baby cry. Same cry. It's like, Lindsay, are you sure Nick is all right? She said, yeah, he's asleep. What's going on? Like, are you hearing a baby cry? She said, no. My sister-in-law starts to laugh at me. She says, ha, ha, David, you have mommy brain. So like mommy brain, holy cow. My wife has always described to me mommy brain where you start losing your mind, start either hearing random stuff. Um, you get a little delusional with that. I was getting a little delusional at that time. I also noticed that it was very hard for me to talk. I called a friend of mine up in another state there. I was living in Utah at the time, and I called a friend of mine up in uh, California. He was an attorney. I told him about the car accident, and I noticed as I was progressing in the phone conversation, my mind was weighing down. I was crashing, and I could hardly open my mouth. And there was times where I'm just sitting there in a long pause trying to talk to him, but I couldn't. Let me see if I can help describe this to you. That long pause. For me, in my head, I can think of the words. In my brain, I knew I was opening up my mouth. But in real life, outside of my head, my mouth was not moving. It's a different kind of feeling. When you tell yourself to talk and you can talk normally, it just happens. But when you have an injury in the brain and you tell yourself to talk, it's different because my head thought I was talking. I also knew at the same time I was not talking. And sometimes it would just be coming out like this. Like my jaw would move a little bit. I couldn't open my lips. And so finally I just sat there and I told my friend after sitting there for a little bit as he was about ready to hang up on me with all the might of my mind, I was thinking on this and it was one of the hardest things I had to do at the time. I was finally able to really open up my mouth and I said, I am having difficulty talking. Then he stopped right there and he says, David, get yourself into the ER right now. And he hung up, told me to get that concussion checked out. Like, great. So I did. 
the doctor there. That's where I learned. The first doctor said, sleep it off for a few days. Go check up with your normal physician. Everything should be just fine. It all went down there, downhill from there. I told you guys the rest of the story there. I went from doctor to doctor because I went back to my family physician. He was a physician assistant. And when I went and saw him, he told me to sleep it off a few more days and then a few weeks. And finally, I got frustrated to where I made an appointment and I specifically requested the doctor to see his boss, the doctor. I wanted to have an actual doctor and not just a physician examine me. And I went on in and he comes in and sits down with me again, that physician. And I was astonished. It's like I specifically requested the doctor for this appointment and a doctor would not see me. I had it. I left. I couldn't talk like that. The way that I'm talking now is not the exp- is not the exact way I did it because I was still having difficulty talking. It, but I, I couldn't take any more in my head. I told him, you're fired. In my mouth, I couldn't. I left. I was searching for other doctors. I was starting to search for neurologists as well. I wanted to see someone who specialized in the brain and who can really examine them and see, examine it and see what's going on. Not one single neurologist would see me. Not one single doctor would let me get an MRI. That was at that time. And they just said, just sleep it off. Or eventually they just said, this is how your life is going to be. I've had one, um, I, I got a local attorney since I was pretty seriously injured and I knew we were going to have to fight this case with the insurance companies and possibly go to court. He recommended to me, um, a world renowned physician, uh, who was a neuropsychologist. So they work with people in concussions all the time. He works mostly with children set up an appointment with him. So I did. The appointment that I got was with one of his assistants who was also a doctor who had a PhD in neural psychology. But that was also a great disappointment. Before I jump into what that was like, the neural, the neural psychologist in order to examine where my head was gave me a series of tests. And once again, before I really jump into that there, this is in relations to those series of tests. Growing up in school, I excelled in math. I excelled in science. I enjoyed it. I loved it. It was easy for me to do. I worked with some phenomenal teachers growing up. And then even when I was in school, when I focused on math, I did that very well. The neuropsychologist gave me a series of tests. Going back to meeting with him. He was he had to have been a few years younger than me. I'm usually used to working these way older guys. Uh, this assistant to the main neuropsychologist there, who also had his PhD, who was a doctor in this uh, field, 
examined me, and he was pretty young in his field too. Gave me a series of tests, and when it came to math equations, a simple number such as 12 times 3. Gosh, if I can think of what 12 times 3 is right now, we're looking at 36. But when I was writing it down on paper, I had to go ahead and write out the numbers, the examinations. I was like, <laughs> the best part, this should be easy. I was writing out first six digits. Then I came up with an exuberant number that was about eight to 10 digits. Then I, I knew it was wrong. I was like, how am I coming up with these numbers? I went back, I erased everything since I was working with a pencil and he was watching me do this. And I looked at him and I said, you know, I am good with math. This is basic algebra. I came up to another number. Let me give you something as an example. There was a two digit number. You could look at for an example, 12 times 10. I was coming up, coming up with these exuberant numbers again. 12 times 10 is 120. I can tell you that flat out. Anything times 10, you just add another zero to it. But my mind was not working right. I could not do math worth crap. <laughs> and um, that was a real awakening for me. Something was off. After he examined me and gave me a series of tests, my wife and I went back and met with him a few weeks later. And he said, you are experiencing childhood trauma. My wife and I sit there with our mouths dropped. He says, you are magnifying experiences that you've had since you were a kid. It's like, what do you mean since I was a kid? He's like, things that you've experienced in school, things that you experienced with education growing on up there, it's all being magnified. And he was trying to play off of records or stories that I've told him about growing up, but he never looked at my records. He did not know my educational history. He just went off with what I told him. And he told me, you have trauma, go home, go back to a normal life. My wife and I left that appointment. We were upset from that time forward. I had to bring my wife. I made it a commitment. And I talked to her because I was having difficulty communicating with people. You are my witness. You know, I am normal. You know how well, not normal now. You know that I was normal before and I can't. You have to be there with me. And I told her that the best that I could. She, uh, she did. She came with me to every appointment after that because that neuropsychologist did not hit the nail on the head. The next doctor I found, he was, he worked at a hospital. Um, oh, I wish I can remember it right now. It's on the tip of my tongue, but he was the last doctor that I found. He sympathized with me, but he 
when I went in there to try to get solutions, he told me that there is a solution, but they only offered it to the youth and the hospital would not help me out because here I am a grown adult. But he says, here's the best that I can do for you. I'm going to give you a prescription pain medication. And first thought that came to my mind. And the entire time I'm talking to him too, I was wearing sunglasses. Anyone with a brain injury knows that light, light's a killer. How am I stand, standing in front of a bright spotlight right now without sunglasses? We'll talk about that later. But he recommended a prescription pain medication. And I looked at him and was like, wait, I don't want to be on narcotics. I don't want to get hooked on pain medication. And he says, well, this is not a narcotic and you cannot get addicted to this. That's fine. You take it as prescribed and you won't get addicted to it. Everything will be just fine. Like, okay, great. What is this? He says, it's, um, now correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pulling this from memory. It's a berbutual caffeine and one other ingredient. It's not aspirin. Or berbutuite. I'm having difficulty speaking it. But it was the same thing. This is practically the same drug as Excedrin, except that the only difference between this drug and Excedrin is that Excedrin has aspirin. This one did not have aspirin. It had that that B word, the berbutual, the berbutuite there. And he says it wasn't narcotic. It's harmless. My wife was right there when I asked him. So I took it as prescribed. He told me two times a day, once in the morning for breakfast and one in the afternoon with lunch. And I did that. When I did that, it helped a lot. I couldn't feel pain in my head, but I knew something was off. It felt like something was expanding in my head consistently. My brain was always foggy. I could not think, and I could only last two hours, three if I was lucky before I crashed and I really couldn't work a full work day. So he gave me this drug. It helped me last about five, six hours. And that swelling motion I felt, I started feeling it less. I could still feel it there like, like pressure there, but think of it kind of like pain. I wasn't feeling the pain, but how about let's just say I still felt it was felt like my brain was pressing against my skull, but I, it took some of that feeling away. I was able to work, cleared a little bit of things up, but not too much. I felt like I was running out of options. I tried searching around for a neurologist again because I am convinced I needed that MRI and my new physician wouldn't give that to me. He was being more helpful and more understanding than what the other ones were, but I I knew something deeper was going on and it wasn't being addressed. And so I, I'm retracing my thoughts right now. Things just went out, but I started to consider an alternative that was very hot topic across the country at the time. Some states were legalizing it and some states were not. 
marijuana. I was seriously considering it. And I was in Utah at the time. And Utah was very fervently fighting against it. And they're fighting against CBD. But I didn't know much about marijuana, nor did I know anything about CBD or where that derived from. I was at the health food store. And I was looking at a locked, excuse me, I was looking at a locked cabinet. Excuse me. And in that locked cabinet was various forms of CBD pills, CBD oils, and even CBD for vaporizers. I didn't vape, I didn't smoke. But I saw that there's very options in what kind of milligrams there were. I asked the clerk, he told me all about it. I said, great. Bought it, took it, had a very minute THC. If if people he told me that you can't get high. The THC was so low on that. That was that was the actual drug of the marijuana plant, but this they got this from hemp. They said the drug was so low you you can't get high from it. And it's actually at federal legal standards. So that's why they were able to sell it. Great. So I bought it to try it. And he says it's great for an anti-inflammatory. Anti-inflammatory, remember, inflammation. Okay, there we go. Inflammation is the key word. Remember that word. We're going to talk about it a little bit here, a lot about it in the next episode. But inflammation is a key. I didn't think that my brain was inflamed. CAT scans came out normal. Normal sized brain. But he gave that to me. You know, it, it's like an injury. You get a bruise. What happens when you get a bruise? It inflames. You break a bone. What happens to your arm? If you break your arm, it inflames. It puffs up. It gets bigger, right? If you injure your brain, is your head going to puff up? Are you going to swell? Not necessarily. But inflammation was happening in my head. And that was the first realization on putting puzzle pieces together. While I was going through the recovery of this or trying to find that recovery to get back to normal. I never related to inflammation that that was also causing a decrease in healing and decrease in recovery and that my brain was suffering. I took CBD for the first time. And my goodness, they tell you, you can't get high off of that. Okay. It was not the CBD I got high off of, but because I have never taken marijuana before or any kind of THC before that minute amount, that 0.3% of THC within that oil, I got high. And let me tell you, the pain medication helped take away some of the feeling. The pain medication with the CBD oil took the feeling of inflammation away completely. I was dancing. I was happy. I was joking. I was talking. Relief. My first real sign of full relief came from CBD. It was awesome. 
my wife just looks at me and like, oh my goodness, you are high. When my maybe I had a freak jar that have that had more THC in it. Jar or bottle. That that little bottle was a blessing. And you know, you know what that told me? Because my last physician told me you'll probably deal with this for two, three, five years, maybe even 20 years, maybe the rest of your life. We got nothing else for you. My goodness, CBD helped. It helped. But that, that helped for a period of time. It was not the solution. I noticed something after I was taking CBD and I took it, I took it regularly every day. I tried different dosages. It would give me relief in the beginning, but after two, three hours, I also had a very heavy crash. One that was heavier than just my normal injury. I would shut down. The fogginess would come immensely. I took a little bit more CBD, which gave a little bit more relief. But after days and weeks on this, I was still very much handicapped. There's only one doctor that ever sympathized with me more than the last doctor that I had. He was not a medical doctor, but he did far more extensive testing than anyone else when it came to my head injury. He was far more caring than anyone else. You know who it was? It was my chiropractor. Chiropractor, the man who pops heads, backs, joints, He also helped the blood flow get regenerated back to my head. That was a first sign of relief. I didn't tell you that in the beginning. I probably should have. Even my first physicians were telling me, do not see a chiropractor. They will make things worse. They will make things bad. Even my, my family physician had even offered after going there time after time after time repeatedly. He said, what do you want me to do? You want therapy? I'll, I'll put you in therapy. And you know what the therapy was? It was going to be. It's, it's therapy where they put you into physical, physical therapy, where they just have you walk, where they have you move your arms, maybe lift weights, nothing that really addressed this. Well, when I blew him out and I fired him, I went to my local chiropractor. He popped me, got adjusted, and I could feel the blood rushing back into my head when he adjusted me that first time. He provided the necessary therapy to help realign my back and my neck because I did suffer from whiplash from that. And my goodness, I even questioned, could I have recovered from this head injury if I saw him immediately after that accident? Because it felt, I really felt the blood rushing up. I had experienced a personality disorder. I was not officially diagnosed with that, but I knew my temperament was way off. Oh, 
That head injury turned me into someone else completely, entirely. I was angry all the time. Mad all the time. Depressed. Moody. I did not know how to overcome that. My chiropractor. Well, before that car accident, my wife and I had spent a few months starting to prepare to move. We were preparing to move to Nebraska. And it was originally Texas, actually. And then it became Nebraska before we made that move. We were getting closer to the move date. I saw my chiropractor one of the last few times, not the last time, but one, one of the last few. And he said, you know, I have this patient who also had a car accident. She had a concussion for a few years and she came in for once happy because she got angry. She got moody. When he said, how? It's like he went to a clinic. It's a brand new clinic that opened up. It's in Provo, Utah. Like, okay, well, how do I get in there? I need to get in there. It's like, I want you in there. He told me that I want you in there because of what he saw with one of his patients and the results that came out. She was happier. She could think she could talk. He said, I'm going to get them on the phone. We're going to make that appointment. Like, okay. I was thinking I'd probably give it a couple days because I was also very discouraged at this time because I was losing hope and treatment for myself. Later on that day, I, I heard from my chiropractor's assistant. She said, David, we got you an appointment tomorrow because I knew I was going to be leaving the next week. Tomorrow. Get in to meet with them. Like, okay, great. I knew very little about this clinic except that they treated this lady who had a concussion who's also diagnosed with post-concussive syndrome, brain injury, whatever. I didn't even know it was a brain injury because the doctor just kept on saying, concussion, post-concussive syndrome, you're going to have this for your life, just treating it like it was nothing. All these doctors ever cared was on these treatment is, can you walk? Can you eat? Can you sleep? Just a few basic things. If you could live life, basically, then... They send you on your way. They don't worry about anything else. They don't worry about your mental state. They don't worry about rehabilitation. They just rehabilitate you up to a certain point. And when they see you at that certain point, it's good enough. But that brain injury prevents you from working. You're handicapped. No one sees that stuff. No one does. Most of my relatives, neighbors, friends. They couldn't see it. They didn't know what I was suffering. My wife was my best advocate because she's with me every day. She knows. She knows. I went to the appointment. We had a medical physician and a neuropsychologist who sat down with me. They were questioning me. That appointment, I decided not to take my pain medication. I decided not to take CBD because I wanted to see, I wanted to show them 
what I was like without the aid of assistance of CBD or the Burbutual, that, that B word. <laughs> and I sat down with them. They were talking to me. I was struggling talking to them. They could see my suffering, but they both were smiling and they said, you are a candidate to come here. Sorry, I am. I didn't expect that. A little emotional with that one there. They popped out charts. They introduced me to a couple of patients as to what they've had. Patients who went from patients to their own employees working there. They told me the background story. I, I got to go back and look at it. It was uh, one of the pro NFL football players who helped fund this program. They started it in Boston. They started this program in Boston because concussions was not being treated and it was an issue that was not being resolved. And then they took that and they moved it out to Provo. I don't know why they moved it out to Provo, but they did. They showed me charts, before and after charts. They said, we're gonna, we put our patients through MRI scanners, not just an MRI, but we give them what's called an FNCI scan. scan. They take an image of the brain, look at the details of the brain as to what's going on there. The FNCI allows them to see blood flow because they notice in their research, they noticed in their research that when someone experienced a concussion, a traumatic brain injury, that parts of the brain shut off, that blood flowways actually cut off are cut off and that you're working on part of your brain. Your full brain is not working normally. And I looked at him and was like, well, don't you just use 10% of your brain? He's like, no, you use a lot more than that. That's just people stating that out there. Well, that, that, was, uh, that was a reality check for me because everyone says it. You only use 10% of your brain. You don't need anything else. Like, nope, you actually use quite a bit of it. You use everything in that head. They told me that. Um, they have scans, they have images, they see these electro waves. It's awesome with what these guys have. But they measured out the, the image of the brains and FNCI. They knew I was moving. I was committed to moving. I wasn't going to stick around. But after I saw the charts, they showed me before and after charts. They showed me what a damaged brain looked like. And they showed me what a recovery, a recovered brain looked like. It was phenomenal. Please don't think that I'm not going to share this stuff with you. I have those charts on myself. I'm willing to share them with you. Next episode. <laughs> because the next episode is about the pathway of recovery from a head injury. And it is the beginning of other episodes. I went back and talked to my attorney and told him what's up. He was disappointed in the first neuropsychologist who examined me. But when I told him about this clinic, he says, you know, I heard of them before and I've heard of the results that they were getting. They are new. 
they're they're not very old. He said they're probably a year and a half. So he said, yeah, I'll get you the money. You get there, you get your treatments. I'll fly you back out here. You get your recovery done. We moved out to Nebraska. A few months later, I'm back in Utah with this clinic getting recovery. I came out happy. I came out talking. I came out without the aid of any kind of medication. Speaking of that, there's one more part of the story that I'm going to share with you before I went out there. My One of my last medical physicians, my last medical physician out in Utah, who gave me the berbutuol and said it was not narcotic. It was harmless. And my wife can tell you the exact same thing. She was sitting in that room when I asked him if it's addictive or harmless. I said no. He lied. I appreciate the goodwill that he had, and I know he meant the best. But that drug, when I got my new physician in, in Nebraska, <laughs> that's all a story in itself because one physician I went and saw, she treated me like a druggie with the streets, from the streets, and I tried to go and get a refill, not knowing my medical history. My wife wasn't at that appointment. Big mistake. I switched hospitals and I went to another physician and said, you're, you're off. And she was trying to put me on antidepressants. And I was like, lady, you're off. And I argued with her. I argued to the best of my ability with her. I found another physician, took my wife with me. He gave me the prescription because one of the things that he knew that I was committed to was getting off this. We shared with him the clinic back in Provo that I need to get to. The clinic told me I need to be off of the CBD and, they, and I need to be off that prescription medication in order to go through this treatment. And they gave me a time frame to get off it. They said, you, you need to be clean from it for three days. Like, great. They didn't say clean. They just said you need to be it because they knew it was a medication to treat me, to help me get through life. Great. Happy to. I made attempts at trying to get off of it thinking that it would be a short-term thing. No, I would, I would get pain, chills, shivers. My body would go berserk. I would get cold sweats. Never experienced anything like that before. I went and looked it up, dived into details. I looked up uh, addiction to berbutrol and the side effects. The information that I found on that said that that drug could kill me if I just stopped taking it. And I just couldn't stop taking it. The recommended path was anywhere between one to three months to get off that drug. And that was cutting the dosage back little by little. I didn't have that kind of time before my appointment. So I gave myself a three week goal. I would cut my medication down little by little. 
I'll go seven days on one dosage and I'll go the next seven days without the other, cutting it down by force. When I finally found the final and last physician in Nebraska, after we moved out there, she was worried about me. I told her what I was doing on trying to get off this drug. I told her what was going to happen, what I was trying to do with the uh, clinic back in Utah. And needs to get off of it. And she says, you're getting off of it too fast. This is going to kill you. Like, wow. One doctor was ready to just say, I'm never filling that prescription for you and just let me die. <laughs> just let me die. Well, this one is just like, you're getting off of it too fast. You need to slow down. But I told her how far I, I came. She agreed to monitor me. I had every other day checkups with her clinic to make sure that things were going all right because she was about ready to check me into a pain clinic. But I did it. And I came out of that with a new understanding as to why people get addicted to pain medications, prescription pain medications. That is another story for another episode. I am way into this. The story was long. If you bared with me through it, thank you. I shared this story with you because I am hoping to create a better understanding. I will repeat this information in my next episode. But right now, when people suffer from traumatic brain injury or minor traumatic brain injury, or minor traumatic brain injury is also known as post-concussive syndrome. I was officially diagnosed with TBI. But even post-concussive syndrome, the chances of someone committing suicide with that injury doubles. Statistically doubles. I'm going to tell you to go Google it, look it up. You'll find the information. It's easy. It's there. And I'm going to commit to be better that when I reference things, I'm going to reference them, give you the reference for that, provide links to it. When people get brain injuries or post-concussive syndrome, they suffer. And there's not enough information on the internet to help them out. So this is where I am going to begin within the pursuit. I am beginning here with the concussion. I'm going to address not only the clinic that I went to, the clinic that I went to in Provo was a start. And it took me from, here we go. Here's my life, the car accident. Being on the drugs and CBD or being on the drug, a little bit up there, being on CBD, boom, right there. Okay. So that's where I was hanging out. When I went to that clinic, probably, okay, I'm going to say about right there. They boosted me up a little bit more. I was still suffering some other things in the head, but I could, I could communicate better. I could walk better. I could talk better. Well, communicate and talk. Yeah. And then there are some other paths that I took after that, that helped me get back to where I assume here 
are actually, I'm going to say about right here. Okay. Cause I'm not fully there yet. There's still some things that I'm tweaking and adjusting. I own a business. I work for a living. I have to support my wife and my kids and provide housing and food paying bills. You want to do that with a brain injury? It's nearly impossible. Nearly impossible. I'm looking forward to the next episode. Thank you for joining me in with this. This is Into Pursuit. I'm David Pearson. I'm beginning this with my story to you, but I'm ending this with your betterment in life in mind. Let's improve together. Let's all be into pursuit together. Next episode. One, one more point, and I'll repeat it in the beginning too. Please don't have expectations as to where I'm going to go. I can go anywhere with this, anywhere, but this is a start. Eventually, I'm going to bring business into it. You may get some politics out of it, but everything that I'm going to do is all to be in the pursuit, in the pursuit of better. I'm David Pearson. Thank you for joining me. Until the next episode, tomorrow, next week, you'll learn soon enough. Have a good night, my friends.